my name is Nelson, and in contrast to last week, this week I've got just Tej with me. I'm back, people. He's back. He uh, he survived bowling, and he's back. Uh, Schnell's out tonight. He is he is sick, not feeling too well. So it is just the two of us. We are a, a dynamic duo again this week. Uh, and tonight we are doing uh, another preview episode. We're going to take a look at the five new guild kits for Ravnica Allegiance. But before we get into that discussion, we're going to talk to you about what we've been doing in Magic. So, Teach, what have you been up to since the last time we talked to you? Well, the two big things I've been doing, um, I've been drafting a lot on Arena, and that's been a blast. Have you been, sticking, I, have you been sticking with just Allegiance drafting, or did you play in any of the other ones they were running lately? Just Allegiance since it came out. Okay, because I think, um, didn't they have uh, like, a, like a core 2019 one going for a while? I mean, it's been all Allegiance for probably the last week and a half, two weeks, but... They did, yeah, and I did that one like just the, the week before Allegiance came out. I did core. That's just because I really wanted to, I was really looking forward to Allegiance starting up and then once that hit the table that's all i've been doing i think it's awesome in limited it's such a fun set to draft yeah i've been having a blast with it the the right now i'm in the middle of a draft that i i'm doing orzov i'm doing okay with that one it's not uh it's not the best deck in the world there's no real strategy to it or whatever but the one that i did before this one that was really excited was a god i'm so bad with card names I should have looked this up beforehand. The the enchantment that makes the goblin tokens. You mean the instant? No, it's a uh, it was a sorcery or a sorcery. Yeah, um, yeah, it's yeah. um goblin uh, gathering. Goblin gathering. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Two in a red. Uh, make make basically two goblin tokens plus however many goblin gatherings you have in your graveyard. I had six of those in one deck, um, <laughs> which is quite a bit. I think at the the most I had on the table at one time was fourteen goblin tokens. I had those. I had one Cavalcade of Calamity, which deal, if a creature with one or less power attacks, it deals one damage to the defending player immediately. So slap down 14 Goblin Tokens and attack with all of them. They take 14 regardless of what happens in combat. And then I also had seven Gates in that deck, and I was running two Gate Colossus, which is oh, also so you were really... Getting, so you were getting them on the cheap then. Yeah. That's awesome. That sounds like yeah. fun. I uh, so. the the God. Now I forgot the name of the card. Goblin um, Gathering. Goblin. That card. Uh, my first matchup when we played the pre-release event, and I was playing Dell. He had a bunch of those in his deck, and really the only way I got lucky, the only way I was able to deal with it is I was able to cheat out Ethereal Absolution, and he didn't have anything to pump his tokens, so they all died immediately, basically. So he didn't even play them after that. But that yeah. is one way that if if someone can get that going early, that's quite a way to ramp your board state. Oh yes, I was very, I was very impressed with that card, and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun to play. Uh, like I was telling you off, off mic, I think I was only uh, went like four and three with that one, so I didn't go as far in the draft as I would have liked to with it. But it was still a lot of fun to play. It was by far the the most fun deck I've drafted of the set so far. Awesome. Yes, and then other than that, I've just been. Uh, Taking a look at uh, some EDH decks, just kind of upgrading a few that I have with some new cards. Nothing terribly exciting. Right now I'm a little stuck. I'm working on my uh, Rith the Awakener deck, a Naya token deck. And there's a few things I want to put in, but I don't know what to take out for it. I'm having difficulty making some cuts. Yeah, that's always the, that's the tough part is like, oh, I, I would really like to try to, you know, fit this in my deck. But then when you're trying to make cuts for it, 
you hang on to everything. <laughs> right. It's hard to let go. Right. Um, weren't you working on your Teneb deck too recently? Or am I remembering that wrong? Was that a while ago? No, I'm not working on that one. Um, mm. I was uh, my Niv Mizzet deck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Niv. Oh, and did, maybe it was Intet. Were you doing something with Intet? I took a peek at Intet. Okay. Uh, I didn't actually make any changes to it, but that one's got some cards that are going to go into it, too. Nice. Someday we got to yeah. get, uh, on one of the episodes where we're talking more about Commander, we got to get the story from you about why you prefer, or not prefer, but why you only run dragons as your, oh. as your generals. Yeah, that's a, that could be a fun topic. Yeah, I think it would be fun as well. Yeah, any, anything else? No, that's it no. for me. All right. Uh, me, yeah. So I, have, I haven't had a chance to play Paper Magic. Um, I didn't get out at all this week to, like, to F&M or anything like that. I was busy. Uh, so it's just been mostly arena for me. Uh, running the, the Gates deck that I built, it's a lot of fun. I tried to play it in uh, some ranked constructed, and it's just it's too clunky for a lot of the metagame that's in constructed right now. There's just, I mean, everybody's playing to, you know, the new season just started. So everybody's player levels got reset. So people are just, you know, it's all red burn. And when your deck takes four turns to get going, it's tough to beat a lot of those decks. So my Gates deck is not performing as well in ranked construction as it is just in not like generic free play. And then I had a a mono blue aggro deck that I, I tweaked a little bit. So I added uh, four Terramanders to it just because I think that's a really fun card for one land, especially in a blue deck where you where I've got access to a lot of instant and sorceries. Dive Down, Essence Capture, Spell Pierce, Wizard's Retort, Curious Obsession, and Opt. So I'm running all those. So with those spells, it's pretty easy to uh, drive down that adapt cost on Terramander. So he's right. pretty fun. Merfolk Trickster is just a an uncommon that I love so much. I, I had that in my my V one of this deck. It, I carried it over to my V two. It just helps so much to be able to flash out a creature on your opponent's turn if right. they don't do anything. Bring it in at the end, you know, on their end step before your turn, so you have an extra uh, guy on the board or you know uh, pre combat to tap one of their creatures. And then the other thing is, it's nice that it wipes out their abilities. So he's a really handy utility card. I, I really like him. I still run Siren Stormcallers for some evasion, and because that's just a fun card to get Curious Obsession on, pump it up to a 2-2 and draw off of it. And I kept Tempest Gins, obviously, because that's a strong card in uh, Mono Blue. And then uh, I decided to put in some Surge Mares just to... Um, I, what, one thing I found with the V1, I was also running Miss Cloak Herald, and it's just it was a lot of like 1-1s and 2-2s, so I didn't really have anything that could soak up damage from a, a 3 or 4 power creature without dying so i put in the surge mares because there are zero fives to start but for a colorless and a blue you can give it plus two minus two uh and then when it does combat damage to a player you can choose to draw a card so if they've got nothing that you're worried about blocking or you know you can swing him through you can pump him up or you can leave him down um you know at zero five and he's a good a good damage soak so that seems to be working pretty well that deck's pretty fun i brought that over to the ranked constructed as well uh, but for whatever reason i've only played it like three times over there and for whatever reason i was just getting sucked into huge land draws just mana clumped every time so i don't really have a a fair evaluation of how that one's going yet i just know it's a lot of fun to play when you're not drawing only land so what kind of decks are you facing in ranked constructed actually quite an interesting i would say mix so of course you're running into your uh your is it drakes with ral because that's just a way that everybody can win uh kind of like mono red 
So there's a lot of that, especially now with the allegiance um, in the meta game. A lot of a lot of the the red and even the is it decks are running like skewer the critics and other things with spectacle to get some direct damage in there uh, afterwards or card draw. I've, I ran into a really interesting black zombies deck that was running drill bit, and it was actually the first time I saw anyone play drill bit, and I got drilled twice that game. <laughs> That one actually went down to the wire. I ended up winning that one. It was very close. I think I won with one life. And that was that was interesting. There was a lot of like death barons and then interesting zombies in there. Uh, luckily for me, when I played that game, I was using my Gates deck. So Gates Ablaze, I just constantly wiped his board. And, you know, the plus one, plus one from the, um, uh, shoot, the Skeleton. Uh, you know, it gives all plus, uh, skeletons and zombies plus one, plus one. So when he's out there to uh, buff your creatures, you know, if I've got five, six plus gates out there, even if you're running four of them, it's not too bad to wipe them out with gates ablaze. So that helped me. Those board wipes are pretty much the only thing that saved me, but that's exactly what they're in the deck for is to, to wipe boards. So yeah, I mean, I've seen a little bit of everything. I've seen some Azorius stuff. You know, uh, some, some interesting blue-white control with, uh, like, Deputy of Detention. So... It's it's interesting in the meta game to see that being run when you're running um, you know uh, copies of multiple. I was watching a video this guy who streams uh, Covert Go Blue. I've mentioned him before on the show, and I was watching one of his streams and he built. I think it might have been Esper. The whole deck might have been Esper. I think he splashed black in there, but he was playing against a guy who was running. I think it was straight Dimir, and he was running a lot of Terramanders. Or no, maybe he was running Is It Drakes with Terramanders in it. That might have been it. So he he um you know would play the deputy and then any Terramander that was on the field was gone along with its counters. And then, you know, he did the same thing for the Drakes and it was it was interesting to watch. So Esper might okay. be in, um I haven't I well, I guess the Gates deck is four colored, but I haven't really played any three color mixes on Arena yet, so I'm you know, I I'd, I'd love to build Jund. I haven't figured out a way to really run Jund in that i guess that metagame you know what's available on arena i'd have to sit and think about it but like esper looks fun there's a lot of cool grixis stuff i've seen so i think uh, between now and the next time we we record an episode that's kind of my goal for uh for arena is um looking at a new like a three color deck and building that and testing that and kind of reflecting on that um when we get that far but yeah, so that was kind of my week, just dinking around with those decks, playing on Arena, having fun, which brings us to um, the main reason we're here tonight, and that is that on Friday, which is what, the 15th, right? I believe. Uh, yes. Um, yes, the 15th. Yes, so is. that is when the uh, the Guild Kits release. So we did our preview episode on the Allegiance set itself. So now we're doing a preview episode on the Guild Kits. The way we're, this is going to work, we're going to... Um, just kind of run through each deck in order on on Wizards uh, preview page here. We'll talk about you know what's in it and then what we're excited to see to see reprinted. And uh, Schnell, like I said, he's not here with us tonight. He we asked him you know is there anything you want to be brought up? And of course, the first thing he said was Sphinxes. So we'll make sure we talk about some Sphinxes. But I also thought he had a really interesting take on it, and you know we'll kind of go into it more later as we've actually go through some of these deck lists but you know he looked at it as uh one of when when guilds came out the um the dimir deck was actually able to be tweaked and be a pretty decent modern uh mill deck 
And he said that one thing that stuck out in his mind with these Allegiance Guild kits is that they look to be uh, more so like maybe EDH um, cards. He didn't see anything that he thought really could be tweaked without being totally torn down, I guess, um, for modern. So I guess that's one thing to uh, to keep in mind. I thought that was a very interesting point that, that he brought up. Sure. Uh, yeah, so without further ado, we will jump right into this. Uh, we're going to hit Azorius first. So um, you just want to do, should we do like a quick deck list rundown and then just kind of talk about what's in it? Let's, uh, let's, let's explain what the product is first and then we'll do re- deck breakdowns. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so as you know, uh, Ravnica is known for its guilds, and the the guild kits are are pre-constructed decks that, to steal it right from the lips of wizards, um, celebrate the history of each of the five guilds in Allegiance. So we had five guilds in Guilds of Ravnica. We've got the other five guilds in Allegiance, which of course are um, Azorius, Orzhov, Rakdos, Gruul, and Simic. Basically, this is, it's not, so this isn't Allegiance specific. This is mixing in cards from Return to Ravnica. Uh, I, I think it might actually be Ravnica, right? City of Guilds? Yeah, all, all the, the Ravnica whole, sets. Exactly. It's, it's a Ravnica um, spanning pool of cards uh, that they've chosen from. So Extravnica Ganza. There you go. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Um, and then obviously each guild uh, comes with one of the, the premium foil guild leaders, if you will. Uh, the cool thing is it's alternate art again. And the alternate art looks really cool. I'm excited about these. They look great. So we'll talk about you know each one as we get into... We'll talk to them in, in detail as we get into the decks. But Azorius has Asperia, Supreme Judge. Orzhov has Tesa, Orzhov Scion, Rakdos has Rakdos, Lord of Riots, Gruul has Rurik Thar, the Unbowed, making a comeback, and Simic has Zagana, Utopian Speaker. So those are the alternate art legendary foil cards that are being released as the, the leader of each guild. So the, the art is really cool. We were talking before we started recording, and we both agreed that uh, the new Tesa art is pretty awesome. You know... Uh, the one of the things that really is standing out to me in this Ravnica set that hasn't really stood out to me before in previous sets is the new the new framing on the cards. Like, uh, you talk about like the legendaries, the uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, how it's almost like a kind of like a scroll, right? Kind of feel to it. Yeah did they did they start that in Dominaria or did they start that? I believe it was Dominaria when that was started because that was when they started introducing. Uh, they had the emphasis on all the historical cards. So uh, sagas obviously were the new one. You know, artifacts, legendary creatures, uh, things like that were had this new border. And I agree. I think it's really cool. It makes them pop even more. As you know, like makes them look more legendary. I suppose, if you will. Yeah, but for and some I, reason, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I one of the things I really like is, so because this is guild-focused and they're multicolored cards, um, I like how they blend the colors on the top of the frame. You know, I, I think it looks it looks really cool. Specifically, for, and maybe it's because of the, the, the black border anyway, but I really like the way the Orzhov is like white and it just bleeds into black on the other side. Yeah. Or I guess fades to black on the other side, uh, for all you Metallica fans out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I totally agree. I love I love what they've done with the redesign. Um, I've heard some people complain about it, but for the most part, when I've talked to people, uh, they've really enjoyed uh, this this redesign that they've done since Dominaria. Um, I like in particular uh, the best one of the five that we see. Just artwork, like entire frame wise, 
is Tesa. And I was trying to figure out why that one st- is standing out to me so much, and it made me think of the new Lavinia and how that one really stood out to me too. And I think what it is is the background is dark, and the dark background is contrasting with the with the gold border, and then the 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 top there with the colors bleeding together. For some reason, that dark contrast is really standing out on those two particular cards. I really like um, the shadowing on her face. Yeah. Uh, it looks really cool with that dark background you're talking about. Yeah. So, and then, for some reason, Tesa just really stands out to me. I do like uh, Zagana's new artwork, too. But I think we're getting ahead of ourselves now. I just wanted to comment on the borders. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, the, the the borders are really cool. I've liked them since, since Dominaria was released. And uh, I hope that that's something that they continue for a while, not that it gets phased out sooner rather than later. Uh, I don't I think, think it's, it's going to phase out anytime soon i don't think so either it's a quick way i mean obviously gold bordered you know um is a quick way to tell but uh not every gold border card's a legendary so um this is a really easy way to know immediately and i think it's just a cool little design touch so yeah i'm I'm glad you pointed that out because i i totally agree with you i think it's really neat and one more thing before we dive into deck lists we would be uh, remiss not to mention the basic lands that are included in these decks. That are fucking gorgeous. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, uh, these these basic lands, uh, new artworks from places around Ravnica, but the thing that really stands out are the watermarks on yep. the, the basic lands. Each guild has a different design to their basic lands, and they just look amazing. I like how they're oversized, too, so you don't get the whole guild symbol. Yes. It just looks really cool, like especially on the Rakdos and Gruul ones. Yeah. I really um, like that. Yeah. Uh, if you are if you are a person who likes lands, like I am a person who likes lands, and you really want to like theme up your decks, uh, these guild kits, pick these up for the color combinations you want. Because these lands are these lands are just beautiful. I've only purchased one of the guild kits out of uh, the five that have been released so far, and that was the Is It one, and that's because I wanted the basic lands for my Niv Mizzet deck. Oh, that's yeah, that's fair. But yeah, should we jump into these deck lists here? Uh, yeah, let's do it. And actually, hopefully, I buy in or I jump into buying them more quickly than I did the previous one too, because I didn't get any of them. I waited too long. Um, I think the when I went to Schnell's store shortly after they were released, there was like the Boros one. I think he had one copy of it, and I'd thought about it, and I was like, I'll get it later, and then I never got it. So, (laughs) these are definitely uh, you know limited run. Um, Jump on them while you can. So yeah, okay. So Azorius is first. Um, Do you want to take us through that deck list, Teach? Sure. Cool. Um, Azorius is the white blue deck, and the the premier the the uh, premier foil card is Asperius Supreme Judge. After that, we have Pride of the Clouds. We have a Sphinx of Foresight, a Lavinia of the Tenth, uh, which is the old Lavinia card. Wind Reaver, Asperia the Inscrutable. So we have two different Asperia cards in this deck. Archon of the Triumvirate, Two Judges Familiars, an Azorius Guild Mage, an Azorius Herald, Stoic Ephemera, uh, Stoic Ephemera, Court Hussar, Hover Barrier, Lie of Sky Knight, Spirit of the Spires, Azorius Justicar, a, Skyro- a Skyrimark Rock, a Sphinx of Nuprov, a Windstorm Drake, and a Sky Hussar. There's only one sorcery in the deck, it's a split guard. It is Warrant and Warden. Next, we have a bunch of instants, which uh, 
Some of them are going to feature the addendum, Unbreakable Formation, Render Silent, Sphinx's Revelation, Summary Judgment, Azorius Charm, Dramatic Rescue, Sphinx's Insight, Dispose and Deploy. We have a couple of Azorius Signets, which are always signets are always good to have come back. Yes. And Azorius Key Rune, a Detention Sphere, a Dovescape, a Sky Tether, Beautiful Plains, Beautiful Islands, Four Guildgates, and Four Azorius Chanceries, which are the Azorius Bounce Lands. So, that is the deck. That is the deck. A lot this of Sphinxes. Deck, a lot of Sphinxes. Looks like a, a lot of flying, uh, some control on the ground, uh, some control with your spells. But yeah, this is the deck I would assume that Chanel is most excited about. Uh, yeah, all definitely. Those Sphinxes. He is the Sphinx guy in the group. And yeah, I mean, there's some cool, there's some cool stuff in here. I like uh, the control uh, aspect of Azorius Guildmage. Um, that's a fun card, just because it's, uh, it reminds me of, um, God, what is it, Gideon's Lawbringer, uh, the the white, a good card. you know, tap it. And actually, that worked even cheaper, I think, than the Guildmage does. But uh, that, that, one that card was, was a that lot one was of fun. Just, uh, one white and tap it. I, I was gonna say you just tapped him, right? He was no man. Oh, he might have been just tap him too. Yeah, which is also, which is also neat. The Guild Mage is useful because you don't have to tap the creature to use it. You can just put some mana into it. So it is three mana, but you can do that as many times as you can pay for it. And this, uh, the other thing I like about her is, um, unlike a lot of other um, counter magic, her ability, her second ability specifically says counter target activated ability. So that's pretty cool. Obviously, mana abilities can't be targeted. So, you know, you're not going to counter Llanowar Elves um, tapping for one green. But, you know, any activated abilities, you can... Uh, shut down basically with her it's interesting how many like and i think this kind of points to what schnell was saying earlier as we get into this first deck list here already uh, it's a lot of one-ofs in this deck it's not you know and that's obviously going through the history of this guild on ravnica where we've been in the past and where we've come to now but like he was saying you know this is giving you some edh access to certain things since it's a lot of one-ofs so there's only one creature uh, that there are two copies of, and that's Judge's Familiar. Every other creature, there's only one of. Now, I don't have the deck lists in front of me, but were the uh, the other ones? Uh, that I don't remember. I, I don't have that one in front of me either. I can pull that up real quick and see. That's a good question. I think that would be a, a good comparison to make. I think uh, just thinking back, uh, there's a bunch of one-ofs in the is a deck and a, uh, a few two ofs but the uh but yeah the point that Shell yeah it's is... a lot of it's a lot of one ofs um and the okay. is it deck specifically uh the nivix guild mage the gutter snipe and we dragonauts are the only multiples uh, oh sorry there's two is it signets everything else creature sorcery instant and enchantment it's all one ofs check out the demure deck real quick yes i've got it right here okay uh let's see there's only two uh, there's two Dinrova Horrors and two Ribbons of Night. Everything else other than the Dimir Signet is a one of, um, as far as instant okay. sorceries and creatures go. So uh, cool. it looks like that one was, was built very similar. Okay. Um, but yeah, the point that Schnell was trying to make was, uh, like the Dimir deck, he, he made a comment that the Dimir deck was easily tweaked into a decent modern deck. Right, modern mill. Uh, yeah. But looking at looking at the deck list for this Azorius deck, um, it doesn't easily slot with a few tweaks into the modern metagame. I mean No, definitely not. You know. 
Um, um, but don't uh, don't let that. Uh, yeah, what I'm saying I mean, is you're not just going to swap three cards in, you know, three to six cards or whatever, and have a competitive modern deck. I'm not saying, like you said, you know, that's not saying don't don't get the product. I think there's a lot of great stuff in here, and it's a good way to get old cards from, you know, Ravnica City of Guilds that you're not going to find easily, maybe, you know? Right. Like, this deck includes a Sphinx's Revelation. That was uh, the only other card that I wanted to specifically mention by name as uh, something I'm excited is being brought back because that is an awesome card. I remember when that card was like super expensive because it was played all the time uh, in standard and in modern. Was um, that Return to Ravnica? Yes. I believe, right? Yeah. And then the picture they have here is the Master's Edition uh, reprint. Modern Masters, yeah. Yeah, Modern Masters. Um, um, but yeah, no, I, right I, I think... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, right now it's sitting at 3 bucks, and it might be that cheap right now simply because this set is coming out soon and everyone's going to be able to pick one up, which is, uh, but that doesn't, uh, the point that I want, I'm going to make here is, is that doesn't mean that it's not a good card, it just means that it's going to be more easily accessible now, um, being printed in Modern Masters as well as this set where you are guaranteed a copy it's going to be out there, and now more people can play it. Um, so one of the things that uh, these products are starting to do are including some really decent reprints of cards that uh, have seen play and are still semi-relevant in their in their respective formats. Yeah, it's um, kind of um, taking a page out of the Commander Precon book where... You know, some of these commander decks are reprinted with commander staples that may not be as accessible otherwise until they, you know, kind of reintroduce them into the market, which helps drop the price to make it more accessible to more players, which was kind of the point of the whole, you know, Masters sets anyway, was to get some cards back in circulation that hadn't been printed in quite some time, um, you know, that were making modern quite expensive to get into. Now, whether or not they accomplish that well is another debate. You could go master set by master set and talk about whether or not it was, you know, solid or 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 weak. I know iconic is one people like to shit all over. Um, other than the Praetors, you know, but um, I know that I know that uh, they're because they're taking a break from master sets. Uh, they're trying to find new places to put relevant reprints in, and these guild kits are obviously a place that they're going to try. Yep. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be I'm going to be uh, honest with you folks right now. Right now, live is the first time I'm actually looking at these deck lists, so uh, you're going to get my initial reactions from these right away, which I actually think is uh, uh, is pretty neat. Have you looked at these yet? Uh, yeah, I've looked at them. Okay, so you've had so so you've had time to to think about these things, uh, and you've formulated some you, you've formulated some opinions. Yeah, um, I've had a little bit of time to digest them, but yeah, no. So it'll be kind of a nice contrast between the two yeah. of us. Yeah. Um, and before we move on, the other one other card I wanted to bring up and talk about is uh, Dovescape. Oh yes. Uh, so we're not going to obviously read every single card uh, uh, word for word, but if we're going to pick out specific cards, we should read them out loud. We should have read out Sphinx's Revelation, um, but we don't need to go back and do that. We'll just, from this point on, read specific cards we want to talk about. But uh, Dovescape is a 
three and three Azorius hybrid mana. So three generic and three in any combination of white or blue that you would like to pay. Uh, six mana total for an enchantment. It says whenever a player casts a non-creature spell, counter that spell. That player puts X11 white and blue bird creature tokens with flying into play, where X is the spell's converted mana cost. And the only reason this one stood out to me was because uh, I remember having this played against me in a game of EDH where no one could win. Because I don't remember what he paired this card up with. It wasn't Elish Norn, but you should pair it with Elish Norn. Absolutely, you should pair it with Elish uh, Norn. <laughs> because then no one gets anything. All your tokens you. die. <laughs> but yeah, I have seen uh, Commander games that play this card. This is another one that uh, those Commander players are going to be seeking after. That's an interesting. Uh, I mean, if you can get an Esper build um, with a Dovescape and Ethereal Absolution. Um, that just helps the whole Elish Norn thing because Ethereal Absolution also gives opposing creatures minus one, minus one. So, yeah. um, you know, that'd be interesting. Um, I don't know why you would have multiple six land enchantments unless you're playing EDH, but just kind of a thought that I had just now. But yeah, no, that's a that's a great card and a, a fun one to see uh, be reprinted as well. Uh, we'll yeah, take so us through Warzov? Yes, 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 yes. So this was the guild that I played in the pre-release and uh, one of my favorite guilds if not my favorite guild that's out there so for the orzhov deck um we've got uh tesa orzhov of scion she is the um alternate art legendary in this deck as we discussed earlier um orzhov pontiff tesa karlov ghost council of orzhava pontiff of blight scuttle vampire treasury thrall death pact angel angel of despair martyred rosalka plagued rosalka orzhov enforcer um, our first two of in Imperious Oligarch, uh, Pitiless Pontiff, two Viscopa Guildmage, Ministrant of Obligation, Sin Collector, Vindictive Vampire, Keening Banshee, Basilica Bell Haunt, and Belfry Spirit. So 23 creatures in this one, uh, only one sorcery, that's a Consecrate Consume. For instance, Ultimate Price, Final Payment, Orzhov Charm, and Mortify. And two artifacts, which are, of course, are another two of the Orzhov Signet. Um, six enchantments, one Smothering Tithe, one Ethereal Absolution, one Debtor's Knell, one Stab Wound, um, Pillory of the Sleepless, and 1,000 Lashes. And then there are 24 lands in this deck as well. Four Orzhov Basilicas, which is their bounce land. Uh, four Orzhov Guildgates, eight Plains, and eight Swamp. So, um... That's the the um, deck list for Orzhov, and there are useful cards, um, obviously, that are in this deck from Allegiance that I already mentioned in um, our our uh, pre-release um, rundown, if you will, and that was uh, the Pitiless Pontiff, um, and I also had some Imperious Oligarchs that I that I never actually got going, unfortunately. Um, but one thing that I'm really happy to see in here is Smothering Tithe. Um, oh, yes. That is an enchantment for three generic and a white. And whenever an opponent draws a card, that player may pay two uh, generic. If the player does not, you create a colorless treasure artifact token with, um, you know, the classic tap sack this artifact to add one mana of any color. So I, I think we actually touched on this in an earlier discussion where uh, Wizards had said that, you know, even though they're going away from pirates after they left Ixalan, they were still going to find a way to make the treasure tokens part of the game. 
and yes. this is one way they decided to do it, and this is one card that I am happy is included in this deck because it's a card that I really love from Allegiance, uh, specifically for Orzhov. Um, but I mean, you could play it in any format as you know, as long as you're playing white. Um, I, I I think it's a great card. So that's that is one card I am super happy to see in here. Me too. Smothering Tithe is uh, one of those cards that I'm trying to find room for in my Rift deck. Ah, yeah, yeah, that would be a a good place for it. Um, and then I'm actually happy to see, um, and I don't know if this is popular opinion or not, uh, but Death Pact Angel. Um, that it, she is a five five flyer for six mana, three generic, one white, two black. And when she dies, put a 1-1 one, one white and black cleric creature token onto the battlefield with the ability uh, pay 3 generic, 1 white, 2 black, tap it and sack it to return a card named Death Pact Angel from your graveyard to the battlefield. So yes, that intensive mana cost sticks around, but the utility um, is super... Um, you know, cyclical. Um, you can recycle her. So I'm thinking specifically to use that cleric when she dies. If you've got a deck that's got sack outlets, so I'm thinking specifically EDH here. If you're playing Phyrexian Altar, Ashnod's Altar, um, you know, different different sack decks, and you've got the man mana open, um, you know, you can sack it to the to the um, altar or whatever your sack outlet is, and then also pay the cost um, for you know to, to 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 bring the angel back onto the field so i just think that that's a card that would be a lot of fun i've never played it in edh but it's kind of like a a new challenge for me i guess is to see how i can do so yeah i like that card um i'm really excited about uh tesa orzov scion uh i used to have that edh deck um and that was one of my favorites that i've ever built um, it's just really easy to combo off with that. Uh, yep, I, I agree. I love the abilities on that card. Oh, yes. Um, so, obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, uh, but there's no... Uh, this deck isn't designed around uh, uh, abusing that uh, ability so much as, as you could definitely build an EDH deck around... Um, but Tesa is definitely a very powerful commander. Um, and as I was going on earlier about her artwork and that new frame, uh, this is a beautiful version you can just pick up if you want to head that up for your EDH deck. Yeah, bling it out a little bit. Yeah. And um, the other one... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and so the Tesa Orsov Scion... Um, she's a 2 3 for 3, 1 generic, 1 white, 1 black. Oh, yeah. uh, sacrifice 3 white creatures, remove target creature from the game, which is pretty freaking powerful. Uh, and then the second part, or her second ability, I should say, whenever another black creature you control is put into a graveyard from play, put a 1 1 white spirit creature token with flying into play. So there's a lot of ways that you can abuse uh, her abilities. Oh, yeah. And then the other one that I wanted to bring up was Debtor's Nell. Yes. Uh,. Seven mana total for an enchantment. Um, at the beginning of your upkeep, put target creature card in a graveyard into play under your control. Um, seven mana, every turn you get a creature back, and it doesn't have to be your own creature. You can choose any player's graveyard to get a creature back. It's like so, if the the last um, the last phase of the Eldest Reborn was just sitting on your board every yeah. turn. <laughs> It's a great enchantment. It's expensive, but it should be because it can really swing a game. 
It's a powerful ability. Um, uh, and that was a that was that was a card that was in my Tessa EDH deck. So seeing um, seeing a Wizards precon uh, putting together a deck that includes uh, two cards that I would run in my own EDH deck either makes me a a really good deck builder or B makes me a really bad deck builder because all I build are basically precons. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's there's really not. There's really not. Um, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> there's uh, only one more card I want to mention from this deck, um, and it's it's an uncommon. It's just a card that I've had success with in the past, and I like the fact that there's a lot of evasion um, in this deck with flying, kind of like in the Azorius deck. So this card, if you can use the flying um, to your advantage and put this on a creature that's stuck on the ground, uh, you're in you're in good shape because Pillory of the Sleepless is an enchantment for three land, one generic, one white, one black. And it enchanted creature can't attack or block. Also, uh, the creature has, at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life. So I prefer to keep it on something on the ground um, and then swing over the top. But, you know, it also does say it can't attack or block. But in addition right. to in addition to that, you know, pacifism effect, you're also uh, forcing your opponent to, you know, lose one life. So yeah, I've that's had pretty cool too. With that in limited. Yep, I was gonna say in limited play, that is a blast of a card. Obviously, you know, it's not quite as efficient in something like EDH, but uh, in limited play, when you can have that um, on top of attacks and spells doing damage, um, it goes a long way. So that was uh, that was the last card I wanted to mention um, in the Orzhov deck that I'm really excited for. All right. So uh, you want to take it away on Rakdos? Let's move on to Rakdos. This is the black and red deck. Um, starting from the top here, we have Rakdos, Lord of Riots, who is our who is our uh, our big bad for the deck. I guess I'll call him. After that, we have Rixmati Reveler. We have Lazolda, the Blood Witch, Avatar of Discord, Spawn of Mayhem, Rakdos, Pit Dragon, Master of Cruelties, Carnival Hellsteed, Rakdos, the Defier. I'm sorry, the Defiler, Utvar Hellkite, two Rakdos Cacklers, one Thrill Kill Assassin, two Rakdos Guild Mages, one Rakdos Shred Freak, Splatter Thug, Jagged Prophet, Crypt Champion, uh, Rakdos Firewheeler, and Blade Juggler. For Sorceries, we have Dreadbore, Demon Fire, Rakdos's Return, Skewer the Critics, Dead Revels, Carnival and Carnage. For instance, we have a Rakdos Charm, an Augur Spree, Cackling Flames, Wrecking Ball. For our artifacts, we have two Rakdos Signets and a Rakdos Key Rune. For enchantments, we have a Theater of Horrors and a Riot Spikes. And our lands are eight mountains, eight swamps, uh, two Rakdos Gilgates, and two Rakdos Canariums, which are the Bounce Lands. There it is. That's the Rakdos and there, list. Yeah, there it is. That's the Rakdos list. So, um, I'm going to be honest. There's there's uh, nothing really in this deck that stands out to me. Um, I, uh, this one doesn't excite me as much as the other two ones did. Uh, um, I would. I, I agree. There are a couple cards that I like for um, EDH that I don't think I can ever have too many copies of. One of them being Dreadbore. Um, 
I yeah. love that because destroy a target creature or planeswalker. Now you do have to have access to black and red mana, one black, one red. But if you're running a, a Rakdos or Grixis, you know, or or whatever, um, if you've got black and red in it, and you've got direct access to those colors for two land to destroy a creature or a planeswalker is um, extremely mana efficient. So yes. that's a card that God that might I think that was returned to Ravnica as well. Um, yes, it was. if I'm not mistaken, and that's a card that I I love and I like to abuse the hell out of um, when I can. Uh, as far as creatures go, yeah, there wasn't, I mean, there wasn't a ton that really stuck out to me. Uh, Spawn of Mayhem is in here, which is cool, and I think it's a fun new Rakdos flavory card. I did pull one from, um, was it in my pre-release pack or the box I bought? I don't remember, but I, I, I pulled one, so I don't necessarily need another one, um, because right. I don't play a lot of it anyway, um, but it's a nice... It's a nice um, mythic to pull right now just because the value is still, I think it's still like an $11 or $10 card. But once these release, that might drop because now there's even more of them in the market. Um, it'll drop a little bit. Yeah. I don't think it'll drop significantly. No, I don't think so either. So, I mean, if you're someone who's worried about price, um, you know, I don't think you have a ton um, to worry about. I'm not a magic finance guy myself. I, I'm not either. I play with what's fun. And, I mean, what's what I think is good and yeah. what i what i like to play um but yeah i mean other than that it's nice to have the skewer, skewer the critics you know um three land two colorless one red sorcery um has a spectacle cost of one red so if it's already been uh if your opponent's already been dealt damage you can cost it cast it for its spectacle cost uh and that obviously deals three damage to any target so yeah um, it's a useful card but as a whole this deck this deck list um this collection just doesn't really do it for me i mean again it's a lot of one of so if i was building a red deck obviously i'd want like four skewer the critics in it you know um one is right but that's not necessarily i mean these are more to showcase the guild rather than to build you hey here's a really competitive (laughs) you know uh standard deck uh those come out later actually and that will be another episode in the future when they release the challenger decks again um yes but I'm excited April. for that, honestly. I, I am too. I bought, I bought three of the four uh, from the last release, so um, I will, I'll save that for the next discussion. Actually, when we get to that, uh, but I am very excited for those. Um, yeah. Other than that, I don't really see anything on this list either that uh, really jumps out at me. The only thing on this list that I like to see, um, besides the signets and the basic lands, are Theater of Horrors. It's a card I haven't actually played with yet, but I, I do want one. Um, one a black and a red for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile the top card of your library. During your turn, if an opponent lost life this turn, you may play cards exiled with Theater of Horrors. And for three and a red, you can deal one damage to an opponent or a Planeswalker, uh, which just gives you access to the cards that you've exiled with Theater of Horrors. Um... So Theater of Horrors is, uh, is really useful. I like the, uh, as I've stated before, I'm a big fan of the uh, impulse draw effect that Red's been getting, where exile the top card of your library until the end of the turn, you can play that card, or cast that card, depending on the effect. Um, some of them won't let you play lands off of them. Uh, but not only will Theater of Horrors allow you to play lands, um, you actually don't have until the end of your turn to play the cards 
you can play them at any time. Uh, you can play them uh, uh, when an opponent has lost life this turn. You have access to all cards exiled with Theater of Horrors. Um, and don't think you can just play... You're still limited to when you could normally cast the spell. You can only play a land during your turn and sorceries during your main phase and that sort of stuff. Don't think you could just play things whenever you want. But. Yeah, they're not all at uh, instant speed. No. Um, one thing I've noticed since we're talking about red in particular here is that especially with Allegiance, it seems like uh, red is just super overpowered. Um They've got the, the spectacle cost for super cheap um, direct damage to your face or directly to creatures, and also the card draw that they built into it. I mean, red just got so much stuff, uh, more so, I think, than any other color, in my opinion. I don't, uh, I don't, red really made out think, well. Yeah, I don't think I would call it overpowered. Um, I think, uh, I think uh, they're creeping the power back up there, um, but... Sure, maybe overpowered is too strong of a word, um, yeah. but I think I think they got the biggest um, the biggest kind of I don't know if push or bonus or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, out of out of all the colors, uh, red definitely maybe the most utility. Um, you know, I mean, I like push. Yeah, the, the biggest push. Let's let's put it I that like way push. because that's that's taking away from. Um, you know, like adapt. I mean, that's some pretty cool utility, uh, you know, in its own right. So I think you're right. I think push is a better word. Red got red got the biggest push of all the colors, I think. And I think that's okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not complaining. I'm, it was just, a, you know, an observation, I suppose, I've made um, as I've gone through, especially, um, you know, playing in the in the um, arena world and seeing some, st- some standard stuff come out. Um, it's just, it's a lot of red, which, I mean, why wouldn't it? You know, I mean, red's in, you know, two of the between Rakdos and Gruul, Red's gotten some great cards. Oh, yes. So, um, which um, brings us to our next list, Gruul. Um, so that, again, is led by the fancy new alternate arc, um, Rurik Thar, the Unbowed. Uh, really happy that he's making a comeback. I just, Chanel mentioned um, Rurik Thar last week when we talked about Commanders. He really loves him, and uh, he just is like the ultimate Gruul card, in my opinion. Oh, yes. Uh, so seeing him come back is is awesome. Um, other than that, though, uh, we've got Birds of Paradise, um, but I'll get into some of these singles later. Immolation Shaman, uh, Burning Tree Shaman, uh, Ulash the Hate Seed, Rumbling Slum, Giant Solifuge, Rubble Belt Raiders, Skargan Firebird, Rubble Hulk, Ravager Worm, Protein Hulk, or Protein Hulk, uh, Borborgmos, Savageborn Hydra, Skargan Pitskulk, Wasteland Viper, Two Clan Guild Mage, Two Scab Clan Mauler, Zerta Druid, Zerta Goblin, Burning Tree Emissary, Gore Clan Rampager, Sunder Shaman, Zerta Swine, uh, so 26 creatures, one sorcery, and that's Savage Twister. For instance, we've got Gruel Charm, Pit Fight, Flames of the Raised Boar, and Collision Colossus. Two artifacts, again, these are two Gruel Signets. Um, enchantments, we've got three of them Cinder Vines, Worm Weaver Coil, and Rhythm of the Wild. And then again, the lands are the same mana base, except obviously in Gruel Colors. So we've got the Gruel Gil- Guildgate, Gruel Turf, which is their bounce land, and then Eight Mountain and Eight Forest. Um, the first, you know, I, I I mentioned Rurik Thar here, but uh, I am super happy that um, Birds of Paradise is coming back. 
Bird's Paradise is it's just a good card. One of the best cards in Magic history. Uh, for one green mana, you get a zero one flying bird that taps for any mana of or one mana of any color. Um, you know, add it to your mana pool. So most of the time, when you're tapping a dork, uh, whether it's a land or or whatever, and you're getting your choice of a land, there's usually some strings attached. You've got to pay extra for it, or you have to pay a life, and you know it's it's a you have to take some pain for it. Um, but no, um, Birds of Paradise inflicts no pain. It's a great card, uh, so I'm very very happy to see that in this deck list. I would I would uh, argue that the fact that it is a zero one flyer is going to be your drawback. But that being said, it's not much of one. I, I suppose yeah, you're right. If you're if you're looking for one, that would be it. Um, but you, you're not really using this card to attack. Oh, definitely not. You just know. like you're just like uh, for the most part, you're not going to use a land of war elves to attack. Right. Um, ex- exactly. Exactly. However, though, I mean, else, you know any kind of removal specific that you know specifically uh, uh uh let's say a plummet right that's not going to take out any of your mana dorks on the ground but a plummet's going to take out your birds of paradise right so there are there are you're totally right there are some drawbacks uh let's see what else did i see on here that i was um happy about let me look through this list again um I, I do like I, I do like Rhythm of the Wild. I think it's a cool card. I've got multiple copies of it already. Um, that's an enchantment, one generic, one red, one green. Non uh, creature spells you control can't be countered, and non-token creatures you control have riot. So uh, that's just a really fun gruel utility card. And yes, I've gotten I've gotten a bunch of them. Um, you know, from drafting and 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 buying a box and whatever. Uh, but it's a fun card, and I would be, uh, you know, remiss to not mention it. So that is definitely a card that I like seeing in here. Yeah, um, I think uh, Ruthar was a good reprint. Um, I think uh, you got it with birds, uh, with uh, Rhythm of the Wild. Um, some other things that stood out to me: uh, Ulash to the Hate Seed. It's not a card I see often. Um, but it is a it is a card that uh, comes up in a lot of lists when you when you uh, when I do some when I've done re- like uh, like I mentioned earlier I've been uh, trying to make some changes to my riff deck um, and Ulash was one that's uh, popped up on some deck lists I've taken a peek at um, and I remember seeing Ulash years ago um, I can't. Rem- I honestly can't remember if I've ever had one of these or not, but I remember seeing it in a deck list years ago when I was first getting into Commander and first building my Rift deck. Um, so it just stood out to me. It's it's there again. Um, yeah, it's Protean a fun. Hulk. It's a fun Hydra um, to see come back. Yeah, uh, Protean Hulk is a good uh, reprint to see. Um, Protean Hulk uh, was just taking off the. Uh, EDH ban list not too long ago. Yeah, that's right. He's back. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the fact that he's been taken off the ban list means we saw him reprinted in Masters 25. Uh, and we're seeing him reprinted here again in this deck. Uh, five and, uh, five and two green for a beast when it dies. Search your library for any number of creature cards with total converted mana cost six or less. Put them onto the battlefield and shuffle your library. Uh, Protean Hulk is just a, a combo enabler. 
Yep. Uh, let's be honest. What you do is you, you sacrifice Protean Hulk, you go find the pieces that you need for your combo, and then you, you win the game off of it. It's a very strong card. Um, it was banned uh, because of the fact that the only reason it was there was to go get your combo. Uh, but in the years since they banned it, more cards got printed um, that basically would tutor for things that were worse than Protean Hulk. And someone made the smart decision that Protean Hulk's not a big threat anymore because there's plenty of other effects that do the same thing pretty much. So let's just take it off the list. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm very happy with that decision. Uh, and I think it was the right one. You know, like you said, there are other things that um, surpass it in power. So what's the point of keeping it banned then? Yeah. Um, so uh, that being said, I remember uh, the day that Protean Hulk got unbanned, I went to the store and I bought one. Um, it was probably like 10 bucks still at that time. It was still way up there. Uh, now it's not worth much. I didn't, I'll look it up quick, but it's, it's really not worth much at all. Um, because of the, uh, all the reprints that it's had and the fact that, uh, yeah, three bucks, four bucks. Um, so, I mean, it, people were excited that it came off the ban list, because it's not often that things come off the ban list. But then I threw it in a deck right away, and it wasn't too long until I took it out, because there were just better things. Right, and that's, I mean, Which, you know, that's kind of the, uh, the life cycle of, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff in the game. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, those were my big ones. My big ones were Birds of Paradise and uh, Protean Hulk. Uh, the only other one that I want to mention um, is just a, I, I, I'm a fan of Hydras, um, so I want to just say Savageborn Hydra. I'm happy to see that one, um, even though it was just printed. I think the last printing was in Iconic Masters. Uh, I like to see that make a comeback. It's um, X generic, one red, one green, um, but it's got double strike, and it comes into the battlefield with X plus one plus one counters on it. So you cast it for X, but the cool thing that this guy has that not a lot of other X casting cost um, creatures have is that for one generic and a hybrid gruel, so either a red or a green, uh, you can put a plus one plus one counter on it, and that uh, you know the the ability can only be activated anytime you can um, uh, cast a sorcery, so it's during either one of your main phases. Um, but it, it's just you can keep dumping counters on him. Um, as you go and if you've got cards you know you you throw him out there and, and and you have cards that give your creatures riot um you know or other things that are are coming out or or that uh gruel i should say has access to um it's just a fun card and i mean double strike goes a really long way um obviously you know hey anything dies to removal but this is a card that i i i like hydras i like the different um the different ways they've built different hydras throughout the history of the game and i just i'm happy Ooh. to see this one kind of make a little bit of a comeback here yeah i don't uh i don't play too many hydras myself um but i do like the hydra design yeah that's and that's now that you bring it up yeah that's uh, oh man i'm trying to think there was a, a hydra that was pretty nasty in the god core core 2011 core 2012 it was a green well obviously it was green because uh, it's a hydra um but uh, i forget which one it was but i had a lot of fun playing him but i don't play them a lot i just think they're a really cool um like you said a really well designed card um for what they are you know it just kind of fits the flavor of of what a hydra is yeah 
Um, so, all right, yeah, why don't you uh, take us home here uh, with the, the Simic list? Simic. Uh, all right. Uh, the head of the... What is that? Oh, Commander. Um, the head of the Simic deck here is Zagana Utopian Speaker. She's our new Zagana from Allegiance. Uh, going down the list here, we have Vorel of the Hulklade, Gyre Sage, Vinelasher Kudzu, Cytoplast Rootkin, Fathom Mage, Omnibian, Mormir Vague, Simic Visionary, Progenitor Mimic, Experiment Kraj, Simic Swallower, Experiment 1, 2 Cloudfin Raptors, 2 Coiling Oracles, 2 Zamic Guild Mages, 1 Elusive Krasis, one Plax Caster Frogling, a Trigon Predator, a Skitter Eel, a Frilled Mystic, Trollbred Guardian, Galloping Lizrog, and a Nimbus Swimmer. Those are all our creatures. There are 26 of them. For sorceries, we have a Miming Slime and an Urban Evolution. We have a Void Slime. We have two Rapid Hybridizations and an Applied Biomancy. We have two Simic Signets, we have one Simic Ascendancy and one Guardian Project, and rounding out our lands, we have eight islands, eight forests, four Simic Guild Gates, and four Simic Growth Chambers, which you guessed are the Bounce Land. Oh, imagine that. Yeah. Consistency. <laughs> right? The, all the mana bases are exactly the same. And they're good mana bases. They, they are. complain about them. Nope. Nope. Um... The first thing that jumps out of me is a, a, a card that uh, was reprinted recently um, in God, the Commander Commander Anthology Two. Is that what he was in? Yes, Commander Anthology Two. Uh, Varel of the Hulklade. Um, very happy to see him, especially in the Simic deck where Adapt is um, a very real thing. Because so Varel, he's a one-four uh, human merfolk for a generic, a green, and a blue, and his ability. Uh, is that for a green and a blue and tapping him, you can double the number of each kind of counter on target artifact, creature, or land. So after something um, adapts, then you can tap him, and in essence, they can adapt twice for a what amounts to a very cheap cost um, in two land and tapping Varel. So that's a card that I really like a lot. Uh, obviously, he is in my Atraxa deck, um, you know, proliferate and other counters uh, for a reason. He was, well, I shouldn't say my Atraxa deck. He was in the Atraxa precon. Uh, he has kept a slot in that deck because of how useful he is. So seeing him here um, in a Simic deck that is very counter heavy, um, especially with the new um, adapt mechanic, I'm, I'm very happy about that. I think that was an awesome call to put him in there. Yeah. Anything else standing out to you? Uh, yeah, the other one, um, I, I, it's, it makes sense. I think it's cool um, that they put Momir um, back out in this one. So Momir Vig, Simic Visionary, uh, he is an elf wizard. He's a 2-2 two, two for five land, three generic, one green, one blue. Uh, whenever you cast a green creature spell, you may search your library for a creature card and reveal it. If you do, shuffle your library and put that card on top of it. And his second ability, whenever you cast a blue creature spell, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, put that card into your hand. Um, I just like his stacking, drawing, his his library manipulation, um, if you will. And he's just a card that I 
I don't think I've ever seen him played um, in any of my play groups. So seeing him come back here and make an appearance, I thought um, was pretty cool. This was one of the cards that I was super excited to see in this deck. Uh, do you have a specific um, reason why? Something that you know made you excited about it? Mormir Vig was a deck that I had always wanted to build. Um, uh, Simic, uh, uh, the 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 green blue color combination is my favorite color combination um, because I like ramping and I like card draw. And uh, Mormir Vig uh, is really good for card draw because uh, green cre- uh, green creatures will find you a creature card to go on top of your library. A blue creature will uh, allow you to put the card, the top card of your library in your hand if it's a creature card. So a green-blue creature will let you just search a, your library for a creature card and put it directly into your hand, and that's super strong. It's just, uh... He's really good. He's he find you anything you need for your deck. Um, that makes him a really strong commander, which is why... Uh, which is why I just wanted to build around him. So, um, I'm probably not going to um, anytime soon, but it is a card that I always get excited to see. It just brings back the, I like to build decks, right? So when I, when I get reminded of commanders that I've, have slipped my memory, uh, I just look at that and I, uh, inadvertently just start brewing in, in my head and it's, uh, it's it's neat. I like, I like deck building and that, this one always gets my juices flowing. Yeah, I, so um, I do too, and that's kind of a something that I never had any confidence in, but I've been working at doing more of, and it's a lot more fun and a lot less um, intimidating now that I've been, you know, doing it. And it helps to have, you know, I've got, um, you know, two very close friends who play Magic and you and Schnell, so I've got, you know, a sounding board that I trust, you know, not guys who are going to give me an honest opinion, like, no, I think that's a good idea, you know, no, I think that's a shitty slot in there, you know, for whatever reason, um, and guys who, you know, yeah, they're in my play group and I'm going to play against them, but, you know, they're going to tell me if, yeah, that's that looks good or, you know, no, that looks bad. They're not going to steer me wrong. So deck building is definitely something that I've come to enjoy a lot more uh, than I did in the past. And that also goes with just building confidence um, in the game too. But again, that could be a a topic for a different episode. Um, Sure. The only other card that I wanted to mention is another one that I'm seeing a ton of play in, um, in standard and on arena. And that's because it is an allegiance release, uh, but that's frilled mystic, uh, elf lizard wizard, which I think is just a fucking awesome creature type to begin with. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, he's a three, two elf lizard wizard for two green and two blue. Um, the reason I love him so much, uh, flash speed, so, or he has flash, so he's can be played at instant speed. And when he enters the battlefield, you may counter target spell. So, I was talking earlier about Mer- Merfolk Trickster um, in my mono blue aggro deck, and this is he's a bit more expensive. Um, but instead of tapping something and making it lose its abilities, you can completely negate that thing from ever hitting the battlefield. Um, yeah. And now you've got a creature that on your turn will not have summoning sickness. So, um, that's just a really fun card um that i i i'm i'm really excited about uh and i'm happy that they put it in this kit yeah um 
I've got a few more that I would like to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. Um, this one, uh, yeah. Um, I like seeing uh, Mormir Vague was was uh, was one here, and Frilled Mystic was one I was going to bring up too. Um, uh, Urban Urban Evolution is always a card I enjoy playing. Uh, sorcery for three and a green and a blue. Draw three cards. You may play an additional land this turn. Um, it's like growth it's spiral just, on steroids. <laughs> it's yeah, it's efficient. It's yep. uh, uh, yeah, it's um, it's efficient. I for, I lost my train of thought. It's just, it's just an efficient card. Void slime is a great card. It's an instant for a green and two blue counter target spell activated ability or triggered ability. Um, that's not an effect you see very often. Uh, they just ha they just uh, did something similar with Disallow in Kaladesh, um, which oh, is yeah. also a very strong card. Um, but Void Slime was a uh, was a card I played quite a bit back in the day, uh, and I'm happy to see it back. Uh, I like the idea of countering abilities. That's not uh, that's not something you always see and. People who play counter spells usually try to hold them up for the the card that's going to end the game. But every once in a while, that card sneaks through and gets on the battlefield. And people who are going to combo out, if the card's already on the battlefield, they're going to combo out using abilities. Void slime is a good way to keep them in check. Yeah, I like that card a lot too. I that one slipped my list here as I was going through it. Um, that's one that I really like for all the reasons you said. You don't often see something that allows you to choose between countering a spell, an activated ability, or a triggered ability. Um, so that is a very utility uh, useful card. Yeah. And then the the last one that I want to bring up here is Rapid Hybridization, um, which I think is a card that definitely should see more play. Uh, one blue for an instant destroy target creature. It can't be regenerated. That creature's controller gets a 3-3 three, three, uh, frog lizard token. Uh, one mana, kill anything. Yeah, it's uh, not often uh, in blue that you get a direct creature removal for one blue mana. <laughs> no, you get a rapid hybridization, and then which is a functional reprint of Pongify. Yep. Um... And those are cards that really don't see that much play, and I really feel like they should. Uh, Blue is not known for its uh, permanent removal. Granted, uh, you're giving someone a creature token, which um, isn't my favorite effect. I don't like giving my opponents things. Uh, but honestly, the, the fact that you're destroying a creature and they're getting a different creature in return... There's no way a frog lizard is going to be better than the creature that you're destroying with with rapid hybridization, and if it is, you're playing the game wrong. Yeah, you're not you're not playing magic right. Um, no, because that three three frog lizard has no abilities, <laughs> so it's a right. it's a three three. Um, and you know, like you said, blue has a lot of um, uh, if you're you know, I mean, the magic slash D&D slash whatever term, um, you know, transmutation magic where you're taking something and turning it into something else. Uh, blue doesn't have, you know, black has direct removal, um, you know, terror and uh, murder and, you know, things like that. Um, whereas blue, it flips it into something else. So you've got rapid hybridization, pongify, uh, turn to frog, you know, things like that, um, which is extremely useful when you don't have direct creature removal, um, you know, or maybe you don't have like a, 
a bounce, like a blink of an eye or something that you need to get a threat off the board, uh, this will help you handle that threat. So yeah, no, this is a great card. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, what's your favorite deck that we look at, Nelson? Man, that's tough. Um, I I guess the I'd have to narrow it down first to three. I like the Simic, I like the Gruel, um, and I like the Orzhov. Uh, I'd say Rakdos is my least favorite, and I just, I'm not a huge control player, so I'd probably put Azorius down at number four. Um, I guess I put Gruel at number three, uh, Simic at number two, and Orzhov at number one, just because um, black is my preferred color to play, at least in, in some way, shape, or form, right? It doesn't have to be mono black, uh, but I like to have access to black when I play. I just always have. And Orzhov is my favorite guild. I love the whole secrecy kind of, um, you know, aristocratic life gain, afterlife, all these kinds of things that are, are built into the Orzhov guild. So I, I have to say Orzhov won. Um, because I just have so much fun playing it. It's my my preferred guild out of these five uh, uh, to play. So what what about you? Sure. Um, let's uh, let's go to Chanel first. Chanel, what's your favorite deck? Oh, I like the Orzhov. I mean the Azorius. That's what the one this faces. I like Azorius. Yeah, it's Azorius, Chanel. You idiot. All right. <laughs> um. <laughs> that was a really good impression. <laughs> oh, he, he, that was him. He jumped on the horn here for a second. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yes. Um, I got to say, my favorite deck out of all of them is the Simic one. That was what um, I was going to guess you would pick. It was. It was a, a combination of the the really good reprints, um, but also Simic, I think, uh, their, their abilities across all three Ravnica sets all had to do with plus one, plus one counters. Um, and it, it seems, uh, Simic got a lot of flack at the beginning of Ravnica Allegiance for Adapt. Um, people weren't very excited about it, and I was a big fan of Adapt, honestly, and I still am. Um, but the ability to do Adapt and Evolve and Graft all in one deck, uh, there's a lot of synergy going around with, uh, with Simic plus and plus one counters, and I think that deck looks like a blast to play. Um, plus, if uh, this one had the most cards, the most reprints uh, that I was excited to see. Uh, like I said, I, I looked at all these desk, deck lists for the first time uh, with all you fine internet folks, um, and this one I just got really super excited about. After that, uh, I'm with you. Top three for me are uh, also Simic, uh, Orzov, and Gruul. Um, and I think uh, Gruul and Orzov are tied for uh, second, honestly. I think uh, Gruul had more more reprints in it than I was excited about. But I... Th yeah, I'm going to put Gruul at number two. Gruul two, Simic, uh, Simic one, Gruul two, Orzov three. Unfortunately, Rakdos, you're at the bottom. Yeah, I mean, and that's, uh, I mean, it's just... I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it doesn't appeal to me personally. It's not, you know? it's not my play style. And uh, maybe there's maybe there's uh, synergies in that deck that I just didn't notice on my first walkthrough with it. Uh, it might be super strong, and we just might not know what we're talking about. But um, 
Because we don't know everything. Jesus, who like, are we? There is no, one other reprint, you? actually. As I'm looking at that list again, there is one other reprint um, that I like uh, for EDH um, that for they Rectus? that they brought back. Yeah, uh, and that's Master of Cruelties. I forgot he's in here. Oh, he, yeah. He's a one four for five land, three generic, a black and a red. Uh, first strike, death touch, and he can only attack alone. However, whenever Master of Cruelties attacks or, excuse me, attacks a player and isn't blocked, that player's life total becomes one. Master of Cruelties assigns no combat damage this combat. Um, so if somehow you can get him unblockable, Shroud or I don't know, if you can find a way to make him unblockable, that is a freaking crazy card, especially in a game like EDH where, uh, you know, your opponent's at 40 life. If you can swing that guy in there and flip him to one automatic or right away, you know, yeah, that's he's, a, uh, he's almost a staple in um um. Oh, what's her name? Kalia. Oh yeah, that's right. I didn't even Kalia think of that. Of yeah, Kalia of the Vast. Yep, 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 yep. So I I apologize for all you uh, Rakdos heads out there um, for missing that the first time through. Um, I guess the only other one in retrospect, I, I like Udvara Hellkite as well. The um, dragon for six colorless, two red flying, and whenever a dragon you control attacks, create a six six red dragon creature token with flying. So I like that card too. I just I've got so many copies of it already. I guess I just wasn't super excited for it. And again, this the way this specific guild kit is designed, like like we've both mentioned uh, plenty of times now, it's just not my personal playstyle. Yeah, that's uh, that's that. That is our preview of the Allegiance guild kits that are coming out on Friday, February fifteenth. So make sure you get out and pick up your favorite guild. You know, we'll be back in a week with a new episode. So, yeah, we, uh, we'll we catch you guys next week. Uh, hopefully, Schnell will be back in the fold, and we'll be back at uh, full three-headed Trinity strength, whatever you want to call it. Um, yes. Until next time, don't drink and scry.